Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free, which is great. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer all in one. And it is the platform that I use to host and upload my podcast. They will distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership, which is lit. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, Anchor. I was really excited, shocked, and definitely didn't feel like I deserved it. Like, I kind of thought they made a mistake, or I'm not really even sure. I just was like, okay, well, this is sick, but like, all right. We're the ones getting in our own way, you know? Most of the time, the obstacles that we think we can't overcome, we completely can't. We just don't believe it. And you're doing the fucking best. You're doing so good. Oh, my God. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to Acting My Age with me, Rohini Elise. Okay, I can't stop laughing and smiling and all of the above because I got a new um, sound system, I guess you could say, that I now hold the mic in my hand so it feels just way more comfortable. I can talk with my other hand, which is how I normally communicate. Very handsy and the audio just sounds really crispy. And this also will allow me to... Um, I'm just jumping right in. Sorry. Hope you hope you're here for the ride. Just jumping on in. Um, this will also allow me to film the podcast. I'm setting up like a super cute area in my office. I'm thinking I might even order a neon sign because like, are you even a podcaster if you don't have a fucking neon sign behind you? Uh, probably not. So I might even order a neon sign, be that bitch, have like this cute chair I ordered, have this whole setup and be able to film um, my recordings of the podcast. And I'm going to make a separate YouTube channel for those. And this just feels way more comfortable. And with this new system, I can uh, now have two mics going at once, which means like if I want to have Sage on the podcast, you know, the VIP guest, um, he can have his own mic, which is really, really nice because all the other in-person guests I've had, aka my mom, (laughs) aka my mommy, (laughs) Catherine and Sage, um, we've all, we've just shared one mic, which isn't as good of quality. So anyway, I'm leveling up bitches. I hope you guys are enjoying the sound quality and honestly being able to hold a mic is truly a game changer. So very excited. Hope the sound is crispy. Um, yeah. So welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Hope you guys are doing really, really well. Um, I am very, very, very caffeinated this fine morning. Um, I got a, oh wait, actually I have to tell you this story. 
I got my first pumpkin spice latte of the season today. It's it's fall. It's officially fall. I have christened fall with my first PSL. And it's kind of a bummer that pumpkin spice lattes are like the the token basic white bitch cliche because they're so delicious. And like no wonder they got so popular because they're fucking delicious. And I've met many men that are like, yeah, I low-key really like pumpkin spice lattes because they're delicious. Like it tastes like fall in a cup. So anyway, I'm just feeling the fall mood, I guess. Um, little life update over here. We haven't seen the sky in like a week. Um, all my people on the West Coast are probably of the U.S. are probably feeling the same way. Uh, yeah, the the fires have been so bad and we've just had smoke in the air. Toxic air, like literally says very unhealthy air quality. Don't go outside um, for the last week. So your girl's going a little stir crazy. I've been baking and cooking a lot because that's like the only productive thing I can think to do. Um, yeah, so I broke out of the house today, went to the chiropractor, which was so good. And I got my first PSL of the season. So all in all, it's been a great morning and I'm really freaking hyped to record and talk to you guys. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the support on the episode with Moya. Um, if there are any new listeners coming over from Moya's channel, welcome. So glad you're here. Literally, I just talked to Moya yesterday on FaceTime for like two hours. I feel like I don't know. We just, it's one of those connections where we could just talk forever and it's so natural. Like we just jumped into being friends and our conversations are like, we've been friends for like 10 years. So I'm really grateful that the internet brought us together. She's really, really sweet. And I look forward to our friendship <laughs> and I want to visit her in Dublin so bad whenever, you know, they'll let me. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in if you're new, and I'm really excited that the podcast is growing. I have a lot of um, really fun guests lined up, actually, now that I have more of my gear tech situation figured out a little bit. Um, I have some really cool guests, and I think you guys are going to be excited. Um, yeah, they're not going to be like proper interviews or anything, because I think that's kind of like stuffy. That's just not my vibe. I like a more casual conversation, as you guys know, but I still... Um, really like bringing other people on. So yes, very exciting things. Um, very exciting things happening. So yeah, that's the fucking tea. I don't really know what else to say. I guess that's a life update. Haven't been doing much over here. Quarantine and toxic air means Rohini is going so crazy and is really, really bored. But today's topic for the podcast is imposter syndrome. Actually, I should look up what that the actual definition is. So Google says imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. Yeah, so basically just feeling like you don't deserve to be somewhere or to accomplish something even though you do. <laughs> it's all about self-confidence. And you guys know that I think that's been my main theme with this podcast is to try to uh, help us all boost our self-confidence and feel like we're worthy of whatever it is we want to achieve. So I thought imposter syndrome would be a good thing to talk about. I had you guys send in your stories um, where you've experienced feeling like you don't belong or deserve belong somewhere or deserve something. And I'm going to tell my own little story that actually made me think of this topic. So we're going to talk about imposter syndrome today. Let's get into it. 
So my most noteworthy story with imposter syndrome happened at the Shorty Awards. Yes, yes, the Shorty Awards. Um, If you guys don't know what they are, they're like, I don't even know. They're an internet award um, show that basically got popular because David Dobrik was one of the winners. And I think he maybe even helped host or something a couple years ago. And that's when I first heard about it. It probably was three years ago, actually. Um, And yeah, they just go through all of the YouTube creators, Instagram creators, bloggers, and give awards for each category, kind of like any other award show, but it's purely for the internet. Um, So very, you know, modern, millennial, hip type of awards, I guess. And two years ago, so yeah, not this last Shorty Awards, but the one before that, I was nominated. And I was actually a finalist for Lifestyle Creator. I don't even fucking know what it was now. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I think it was Lifestyle Creator. And I, first of all, really was surprised I was nominated. Um, Very, very surprised. And even more shocked to be a finalist. I was completely blown away and surprised. Um, to be a finalist, you have to be have people voting for you. And you guys are so fucking loyal. If any of you guys voted for me for the Shorty Awards, I give you a kiss right now. <laughs> a little kiss. Um, yeah, so I was shocked. And I don't know exactly what my numbers were then, um, two years ago. But definitely, I wasn't a big creator or anything. I mean, I'm still don't consider myself a super big creator, but like I was pretty small and uh, everyone that was being nominated were like some of my favorite creators, you know, the Try Guys, Shane Dawson, Ryland and um, uh, like Nikki and Gabby and of course, David Dobrik. Um, yeah, I just was shocked. And I'm like, um, are you sure they got this right? Like what's going on? So the whole thing for me. I was really excited, shocked, and definitely didn't feel like I deserved it. Like, I kind of thought they made a mistake, or I'm not really even sure. I just was like, okay, well, this is sick, but, like, all right. And so the whole thing I just had worked up in my mind as something that, like, I knew I shouldn't really be there. You know, from the very moment I got the the email that I was a finalist, I was like, um, okay, like, I don't think this is right, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go along with it. Cause it's really cool. And so even from like picking my outfit, we had just moved back to Seattle and then we had to fly back to New York for the awards, even picking my outfit. I was like, Oh, you know, I shouldn't really dress up too much. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm really excited to be there. I don't know. It was like the weirdest thing. So I got like this really, I mean, it was, it was a really cute New York, like fashion week type outfit, but it definitely wasn't an awards show type outfit. Like I had a long black silk skirt and uh, over the knee boots, but you couldn't see them because I was wearing a long black skirt. And then like this really classy pink tie blouse very like all of my skin was covered. I was just trying to, I don't know. It didn't really fit the vibes. Didn't really realize that until I got there and everyone else was wearing like sparkly mini dresses and stilettos and had like full glam. Whereas I didn't have time because our hotel got, got fucked up anyway. And I didn't have um, time to do my hair and makeup really. So I looked like a hot mess, which did not help the imposter syndrome. Let me tell you. So anyway, set the scene. We're in New York. Sage is there as my plus one, my handsome guest. And they told me in an email, like, okay, uh, all the finalists or all the um, nominees enter in one entrance and all the guests enter in another entrance. And we walked up and right when we were, Sage and I walked up to the awards show and right when we got there, um, 
I don't know his name, but he's the guy in the Old Spice commercials. You know, the guy that has like the huge pecs and he would flex them. You know the guy from the Old Spice commercials. So him and his, I guess, wife or girlfriend came out of their limo with like full team around them at the exact same time that Sage and I got there. And I was like, uh... I there's no way that I'm walking in the same entrance as this actual celebrity like I think something is wrong so I just I got so overwhelmed and I would like to now I think now if I got nominated it would be a completely different story but I like to think of myself as a confident person but in that moment I was like oh hell no honey like I'm going around I'm hiding let me go through the back entrance this is not like I was so uncomfortable so uncomfortable and so I saw all these YouTubers that I've watched for years and loved um, going on this red carpet, getting photos taken. And then that big celebrity guy came in that entrance. And I was like, yeah, no way. Nope. So I went with Sage to the regular entrance where people who buy tickets or their guests go. And so I went in line. I waited in line with him for that entrance and tried to give him my ticket. And they were like, no, this is the wrong entrance. You have to go to the other one. And I was like, it's okay. I can I can just I can, I can just go in here. And they're like, no, no, you can't go to the other one. And I was like, fuck. So I literally tried to sneak in the other entrance so I wouldn't like, I don't know. I'm like, don't take photos of me. I don't fit in here. This is not correct. Um, And yeah, anyway, I had to go through the other entrance and I met this lovely lady who I'm still friends with now, Nick. She was in charge of the Shorty Awards at the time. And she's like, hi, Rohini. And I was like, what? Hi. How do you know me? Like, oh, yeah, it's your job to probably know me. Like, you know, I, I felt really cool for a second. I'm like, no, 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 it's your job. And she like was scanning my ticket and was telling me like I tried to go in the other entrance and I told her that and she's like, no, like this is where you belong, girl. Just own it. And I was like, okay. And that honestly, her being so nice to me and like acknowledging me helped me so much. I don't, I don't really know why, but just being acknowledged for like the state I was in, I guess, a a very small creator amongst a bunch of like famous people. I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. So she was super sweet. And I went on that little red carpet. (laughs) The photos are so bad. Oh my God. First of all, outfit did not fit the vibe, like I said. And I was just trying to be really cool. It's, it was exactly where I felt so uncomfortable and I felt like I didn't fit in. So I was just overly projecting, trying to be really cool and not care, like look like I couldn't be bothered that I was there. Like it wasn't a big deal. It was just another Tuesday or whatever. So I posed like literally like fashion week. Like you're not in fucking fashion week, bitch. Like this is not, this is a different scene. So I like had this, I just did like a straight gaze, like tried to smize and oh man, the pictures were terrible. Uh, Yeah. So, and then they interviewed everyone and you had to, like, like literally someone with a camera and a team is interviewing you like, what's your name? Like, what are you most excited about? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just talking out of my ass trying to come up with something, the most uncomfortable thing, truly. And then I go through that, sweating balls, by the way, and I get into the awards show and Sage is like waiting for me and literally surrounded by all my favorite creators that I've grown up watching. Like the Try Guys were right there, right when I walked in. I was like, where am I? This is so fucking crazy. And then uh, immediately I was like, we need to go get a drink. So Sage and I got drinks. And from then on, it was just a fun night, I guess. I kind of just accepted that I was there and I should enjoy it. And it was pretty fucking cool and a really great opportunity. And I just need to be grateful for it and uh, get over the fact that I probably didn't deserve to be there. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> and yeah, I met some cool people and then we went to the after party that was only for, um, finalists and the after party for the after party. Oh man, guys. Oh man. Cody Co was there. I fucking love Cody Co. So to Sage, we were just fangirling. Like we wanted to go talk to him so bad and we almost did. Cause it was pretty casual. Like everyone was drunk. Everyone was hanging out and I almost did, but then he left. So, but I talked to the try guys. I hung out with the try guys. Like for a little while, one of them took the photo booth photo for me and Sage because we couldn't figure out how to do it. Ned took the photo. He like clicked the thing. He's like, okay, guys, yeah, I couldn't figure this out either. Here, here, do this. And it was just so fun. Like I met so many cool people and had a really great night. And that was my experience. Still looking back, I'm like, it was definitely a fluke that I was there, but it was fucking cool. And the only, literally the only thing that I could do in that situation was just accept it. Like, I'm like, you're here. You got this far. Just enjoy it and be grateful and be down. Be open to whatever's going to happen. Be grateful. Be in the moment. Go get a gin and tonic and mingle. That's all you can really do. So I don't know. I just randomly remembered this story the other day when I was driving because I was thinking now, none of those other people I'm guessing or thinking are looking at me going, who the fuck is this bitch? Like, they're worried about themselves. You know, all of us are so in our own heads that you rarely have time to think about how other people are feeling in a situation, you know, in a situation like that, no one was looking at me saying like, Oh, who's she? It's not, it's not a movie, you know? So point being, if you got somewhere and you don't believe like you, you earned it or you belonged there, there's a reason why you were there. It didn't happen just out of coincidence. Like, you know, something had to happen for you to be there. So all you can really do is go along for the ride, be grateful and enjoy it as best as you can and think that something you did must have gotten you there. So shit, might as well enjoy it. (laughs) But yeah, that's my story. And I think now I would be more confident. I would have worn a short tight dress, some high ass heels would have gotten glam. I would have done the whole thing. Because now I'm like, fuck yeah, when else am I going to do that? Like, let's fucking go. But at the time, different story. So, you know, we love to see some personal growth. That is my story. Um, Wasn't too crazy, but I thought I would share it anyway because it was pretty nuts. Pretty, pretty nuts. And David Jobrick didn't come to the award ceremony. Oh, I forgot the rest of the story. Okay, sorry, really, really quickly. So after the after party, Nick, the woman who the woman (laughs) who works at the shorty awards um there was an after after party at this really bougie fancy hotel and sage and i were walking back to our hotel like super drunk and she was with her boyfriend and some of their friends and they were all really drunk and we ran into her in the street and she was just so nice and she invited us to the after after party and it was so fucking fun we had some deep ass talks and nick and i still talk to this day and she now works at target and has been able to help me get partnership with Target. So you never know where life's going to take you. And yeah, love you, Nick. (laughs) Um, That's the tea. That is the tea. I think it just goes to show that self-confidence is literally everything. And in that instance, fake it till you make it would have been perfect. Eventually I got the hang of it, but People who project so much confidence, you just, you know, there's certain people where you look at them, you're like, wow, I bet like they never have a bad day. Their life is perfect. They're so confident. You know, they just have that vibe that they believe in themselves. They know they're hot shit and they don't mess around. 
So if you can cultivate some self-confidence like that, those vibes will open so many doors. And obviously it's hard. It's really hard, really hard. But those self-confident vibes will get you so, so far. And I've heard, I've asked you guys this so many times, like, what are your tips for self-confidence? Because I think it's so interesting. And one of the biggest tips you all say is fake it till you make it. It's kind of like manifestation or scripting or whatever. You write things down over and over and over and over and over again until they come true or until you believe them. So writing down, I'm a confident bad bitch over and over and over and over, telling yourself that till you believe it. I think that's pretty powerful. Your subconscious will eventually be like, oh yeah, I'm a confident bad bitch. Hell yeah. So self-confidence is really everything. You guys know that though. I say it all the fucking time. Okay. Let's read some of your stories about imposter syndrome. There are so many good ones. I teared up a few times reading them. I've been so emotional the last couple days, truly so emotional. Like I said, I went to the chiropractor. I went today and yesterday and he does like mostly energy work. Like he doesn't crack your bones or muscles or whatever it's no like cracking or popping it's all like finding energy and I don't even know how to explain it really but he definitely was opening some shit up because I've been so emotional and like just not really in my body (laughs) since I went like I was driving today and I really didn't I don't remember driving the whole time you know those days we were so in your head that you just drive on autopilot and then you get to where you're going you're like okay don't even remember getting here but we're here yeah that's how I've been so love to be a little emotional my Aquarius heart is slowly changing to be more emotional and yeah okay let's read your stories Okay, so you guys sent in a mixture of your stories with imposter syndrome, your experiences, your tips, or just questions, or just general situations, and like I said, reading these got me all emotional because, oh my gosh, why, like what planet is circulating right now that I'm fucking emotional? Like, I've almost teared up so many times in the last couple days. Holy fuck, get it together, Heen. Um, I just want you guys to know that you're fucking capable of anything, like truly you are, and most of the time, I would say like, I don't know, 90% of the time, we're the ones getting in our own way. You know, we get in our own way. Most of the time, the obstacles that we think we can't overcome, we completely can't. We just don't believe it. So I don't know. My heart just goes out to all you guys and I fucking love you. And I'm always your number one hype woman. So don't you forget it. Heen says you can do anything you set your mind to and that you want in life. And obviously it's going to be hard. It's not gonna be easy but you can fucking do it and you deserve it. So yeah, that's my little mid podcast cheesy spiel because you know, I love those. All right. Um, let's go into these. You guys are so freaking amazing. You guys are all bad bitches and I love to hear it. So first one, Hi, Rohini. Love your podcast and all-encompassing energy. Ooh, thank you. I like that compliment. Um, to keep my story as short as possible, I grew up in a special education class because I was a slow learner and had ADHD, which shows differently in females. I wanted to prove everyone wrong and busted my ass after high school at my local community college. And two years later, I got into a well-known university in Michigan. A few years later, I graduated with my BBA in marketing with honors. Hell yeah. My last year in college, I had scored my dream job. I got hired to work in sales and marketing for a skincare company. I busted my ass so I could grow and work in my dream industry. 
well. My boss took full advantage of how eager and green I was to the industry. She went as far as to have daily meetings with the whole team and mention one good thing about everyone except for me, and instead point out to everyone how much I fucked up the day before. My boss always told me I wouldn't make it in the industry unless I got a nose job. Oh my fucking God. She would even have me leave work and drive home and change my clothes because I was trying too hard to look pretty. The list goes on. Oh my gosh. My perception was so warped, I felt I was lucky to have this job. I was so devastated when I got fired that I ended up being admitted to the psych ward for a week. Now, after years of therapy, I have learned that I am worthy. I worked my ass off for my degree and my achievements. I wasn't just a fluke in the system. I deserve to be paid well for my hard work and healthy work environment. I hope the younger heenies who may be going through something similar learn from my mistakes and run with their dreams, no matter what others may say. Warm hugs. Oh my God. Uh, Okay. This boss, first of all, it's pretty clear to me that this boss is a little bit jealous or seeing some of her own insecurities in you and just like projecting that because that's so fucked up. Are you kidding me? A boss telling you you should get a nose job? Absolutely unacceptable. That's terrible. Jesus. Terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm so fucking proud of you. That's literally so impressive. So amazing. You, you're right. You do deserve your job. You do deserve to be paid well and work in a healthy work environment. You worked your ass off. So that's an amazing story. And I hope that is inspiring to other people because I'm inspired, very inspired hearing that. Thank you for sending it in. Um, okay. Next one. There's a lot of emojis in this email, which is really fun. Hey, Heens. <laughs> That's cute. I think this is the most relatable topic, and it's really sad to see it. But anywho, here's my story. So it's kind of brief. When I was about 12, I started YouTube basically because Bethany Moda did, and I loved her. Oh my gosh, relatable. Oh, did I not know what I was in for in terms of mental health? The first year was great because I didn't tell anyone about it, not even my parents, because I was quote, quote, too young. But then it started to get to the point where I was like, no black girl or person of color is using this app or even becoming popular, so what right do I have to be here? And that's when shit went downhill. I wanted to be white or at least not be black. I felt like an outsider in the community. The friends I did make online would exclude me from shit like collaborating, FaceTime calls, and stuff like that. So I stopped, kind of wish I hadn't because I think I could have been a great role model for little black girls all over, not to toot my own horn. Fast forward to today, I still feel like that in school, because in my previous school, I was one of four black kids in the grade, and I was always the eccentric black girl, in quotes. I did YouTube sometimes, I sang in an acapella group, I played piano, I did violin, I made art, but all of those ended because I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there, doing those things, and those were for white kids. Now that I go to a school that has a lot of people of color, I still am not able to fit in with the black girls. Preface, it's an all-girls Catholic school. Because of my history with private schools where there are mostly white kids. I love my friend group though and I wouldn't trade them for the world. I came out of the closet to them first, before my parents and basically everyone else. Cried the most in front of them and admitted to them about my anxiety and depression first. I can't believe they still love me. Oh my god, crying. Wow. Finally, I am currently podcasting. I don't know if that is a verb. I use it as a verb and I'm so excited about it because I think I found my element. I've yet to make it exactly how I want it because getting people to submit stuff is kind of hard when it comes to personal stories. I'm excited though. I love it and I just need to work on my consistency and figure out who my main audience is and I kind of need to get more comfortable behind the mic. But bitches, I made it. I'm here. I'm alive in this time. Fuck the races. Fuck the fake friends, though I did learn lessons from them. Fuck the chauvinistic pricks who always said I wouldn't amount to anything. Yep, that's all I have to say, Heens. I guess that was kind of a long story. Whoops. Love from South Africa. 
Oh my God. I love this girl's energy so much. I love, if you guys could see this email, there's like so many cute emojis and I just love how she told the story, but my God, I'm just so proud again. Like ugh, everyone, like you have to overcome so much and I can't even imagine how that would feel. Like I have no idea what it's like to be in your shoes and you're doing the fucking best. You're doing so good. Oh my God. I'm fucking proud. We love a podcaster. Podcasting is definitely a verb. I don't think it really is, but I'm, I say it like that. I'm just in awe. Honestly, I'm in awe of you guys and it's, you deserve it. You deserve everything. You're going to kill it with podcasting. I just know it. And just the fact that you are still like you, you didn't get, um, beaten down or discouraged. Like maybe you did for a while, but it didn't stop you. Like you're still chasing your dreams and you're doing the damn thing. And that's just incredible. And I, ah, I just love that message. And even though you're, you're so like, fuck the fake friends though, I did learn lessons from them. That's so, that's amazing. That's so, um, self-aware. Like, yes, you can learn lessons from everybody. Ah, wow. Love this girl. Love her energy. So this next one is pretty long, but I think it's really uh, an incredible story and yeah, pretty interesting. So I will get into it now. Hey, Heaney. Hope you're doing well. Here are the basics. I'm still in high school. I'm a senior. My mom is a helper slash maid. She worked for this family when I was born. They took me in as their own. We're going to refer to them in a fake name. How cool. The fake name shall be the Smiths. Incredibly original. I know, I know. So I've lived in a wealthy, secure house all of my life because I live with the Smiths and I can bring friends over anytime I wanted to. They'd marvel at the elevator in my house, the three kitchens, the gorgeous pool, and the beautiful gym in the basement. I lived that luxurious life for 11 months out of each year, but on the 12th, I'd go back to visit my family in India. I disliked India with a passion. Dirty streets, scary loud men who are always drinking, and family members that were impeccably rude and conservative. Whenever the month was up, I'd run back to my wealthy, secure house with my elevator and my kitchens and my pool and gym. Now this life was great. I only had to face my truth 11 months out of the year, but then everything changed in 2017. I was supposed to go to Australia with the Smiths, but because my visa didn't come through, I had to move to India. Dun, dun, dun. I cried and cried and cried because I was under the impression that life would never be so mean to me. When I moved to India, I was mad and sad. The people I considered my family were all the way in Australia, and I couldn't see them every day anymore. Sure, they weren't my family by blood, but I love them way more than I have ever loved anyone else. The only good thing that came out of this was the reassurance that my future will be okay. They wanted to bring me to Australia for university, and that was, to me, the light at the end of the tunnel. Anyway, back to my life in India. They got me enrolled at one of the best schools here. Super expensive, you ask? Don't even get me started. The only problem is that I live in a chal. I'm going to look this up. So I looked up what chal is on Google so because um, I didn't know what it meant. Um, the definition is, the chal is a name for a type of residential building found in the western part of India. Typically, housing units and chawls are availed of by relatively poor but gainful employed migrant families. So that's what the definition is on Google, just in case you guys didn't know what it is, because I didn't. Um, okay, back to the story. The only problem is that I live in a chawl and my house is quite literally one small room. Uno. One. We use curtains to separate the bathroom from the shower and the shower from the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. You get the picture. So I go to this amazing school that has air conditioning, beautiful chairs, and tables to study on it is incredibly spacious. 
and I come back from school to this house that has fans, but you wouldn't think there's a fan on, even on one of the colder normal days. A chest of drawers and a stool that I use as my desk, and two people in this tiny amount of space. It was hard. But the hardest part to deal with was my imposter syndrome. I didn't feel like I belonged in my school or in my house. I tried hard to hide those feelings from everyone around me and did pretty well because everyone in school liked me, except for this one bitch, but like, you can't win them all, right? <laughs> I would constantly struggle and try to hide the fact that my mom was a maid and that I live in a chal. But with friends, that's much harder because you can't avoid questions without looking sus. They would use Snapchat a lot and expect me to send snaps back, but in fear of them seeing my house, I wouldn't. They would always ask to come over to my house and have a sleepover, but I just couldn't. My mom didn't understand me either. She didn't understand why I was so insecure about the house. And I didn't blame her for not getting a bigger house or anything. I'm fine living there, but I just can't deal with my friends knowing that I didn't belong in my school because they're literally billionaires. And I, in fact, am not. It's hard to feel like you belong when money divides you. I'm still struggling with this, and I know that things will change when I move to Australia. That's coming up pretty soon. But after three and a half years of crying and being angry at myself for crying like a little bitch, I realized that I don't know who I am anymore. I used to smile so much more. I used to make people laugh so much more. I used to hate things with a passion and love things with a passion. But I don't anymore. And it's not like I don't have ambitions or anything. I have goals. I have a dream job. I'm excited for life. But every time someone asks me about my family or asks to come over or FaceTime or sends me a snap... I want to just stop being alive. And that's stupid because, well, that's just stupid. Honestly, Heaney, I'm just a huge mess. My plan is just to put my head down, study, get good grades, get into an Australian university, and leave India and all these insecurities behind. Any advice? Sorry this is so long, but yeah. Also, love the podcast. Literally, it's my escape from life. Moya sent me over to the podcast, and I'm so glad y'all are friends now. A match made in heaven. Love you. OMG, I was going to type my name here. Sorry. Okay, I'll just send the email. Sorry, wait. I just realized my email ID has my name in it. Okay, I'm done laughing. Bye, Omeo. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, my heart just like, I just wish I could hug all of you guys. Seriously. Uh, I'm sending you hugs all the way to India from here. But I really just want to thank you for sending that in because, I mean, first of all, I don't know about you guys listening, but like I can just feel her emotions and the way that she wrote it it's just I feel like I'm like right there in her with the story and I think a lot of us have experienced similar things even if it's on a much smaller scale but it's just first of all this is an incredibly interesting story like it kind of sounds like a book or a movie so maybe you're going to write a book honestly maybe you should I really like how you wrote it I can't imagine what that's like like the part where you said I felt like an imposter syndrome at school and at home because you grew up in this huge mansion but you knew like you knew that wasn't necessarily yours, but you still grew up there. So that's what you're used to. And then it's just like, wow, ah, wow, what a story. But I think I think you I think you know what you have to do. You said my plan is just to put my head down, study, get good grades, get into an Australian university. I think that's what you have to do. And obviously right now is really hard, especially because, you know, it's so close. That's when it's the hardest. Like when I knew I was going to leave to New York for college. And it was so close, but so far, it's just, it's so much harder when you have to wait. But I really think you're going to do amazing things. I really do. I mean, first of all, be a fucking writer. You're such, sorry, I keep talking about her writing skills, but like, damn, really good writing skills. Really put me right in the story. Um, you're going to do great things. You got this. And I think if anything, look at it as an opportunity for a unique upbringing that I'm sure is going to get you very far in life because you have a lot of experience that other people won't have. 
and you'll be able to see what it's like from both ends of the spectrum. Like you'll be able to relate and sympathize with people who are struggling and you also will be able to relate and like fit in, I guess, quote, quote, with um, wealthier families. I don't know. It just seems really cool. Like you get to have all sides of the spectrum and you can relate to all of them. And I think if anything, it's going to be something like in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you're going to be like, wow, I'm really grateful for how I grew up because it's been able to lead me here, lead me to this, lead me to this, lead me to this. So I think it's great. And obviously I'm sure it's incredibly hard. I can't imagine what it's like, but I think it, I think it happened for a reason. And I think that's your unique way that you grew up. And I just know you're going to do great things. I can just feel it. You're going to have a great life. I just know it. Yeah. I'm proud of you for persevering and just keep, keep grinding. Like you said, just get those good grades and your future is going to be so, so bright. I know it, but I kind of can relate to part of this, obviously not the same situation. Um, but for the part where you're talking about, like where you didn't want your friends to come over for a sleepover, I definitely had that same thing in, I don't even know what grade, but again, kind of similar, not saying it's that similar, very different circumstances. But I grew up, as you guys know, in a small town and all my friends were like pretty rich, (laughs) pretty well off, or at least like never had to worry about money. And that was not the case for my family, as you guys probably know. So I had like, we had a really small house for part of high school. We had in middle school, all of middle school and part of high school, we had a really, really small house. And Everyone wanted to come over for a sleepover, but I just didn't feel comfortable. I only would let like my two best friends come over. No one else even saw my house. Like if I had a boyfriend, I would go to their house um, just because I was embarrassed and there was no room to have a sleepover, to be honest. But yeah, I was just embarrassed and I was so embarrassed about like my parents' religion. I wouldn't, I would lie about that. So I guess I'm just telling you this to say that I think a lot of people can relate in some way with your story and just for me, I don't know if maybe this is helpful because it shows that you can um, overcome it, I guess, or use your struggles as a positive. But for me, I'm really, really grateful that I grew up like that because I appreciate money and what I have now so much more, like so, so much more. And I appreciate my parents' religion and I appreciate how I grew up, even though at the time I really wish that it wasn't like that. I wish I had the same normal lives as everyone else. But now I'm really, 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 really grateful for it. And I wouldn't trade it for the fucking world. So um, anyway, you got this. And um, yeah, please keep us updated, honestly. Um, Yeah, love you. Sending you love. Next story. This one is just short, sweet, and to the point, and I love it. Um, Hi, Rohini. I've been doing cross country for a few years, and I always felt so fucking awkward at practice. I felt like I wasn't fast enough to be there and wasn't truly part of the team. Pretty much the slow, awkward idiot that no one really wanted around. Finally, I realized that I've got as much right to be there as anyone else. I go to the damn school and I can run cross country if I feel like it. Who's going to tell me I don't belong when I show up to practice every single day and run till I piss myself? Nobody. It was all in my head. Just like most times, I feel like an imposter. Lots of love. I fucking love this one. It's, ah, gosh. Okay, I'm reading that again. 
I go to the damn school and I can run cross country if I feel like it. Who's going to tell me I don't belong when I show up to practice every single day and run till I piss myself? Nobody. It was all in my head. See, exactly. Most of the time it's all in our head because like I said, a lot of the time people aren't really thinking about you because they're in their own head worrying about themselves. So yeah, it, it, this is just a perfect, I don't know if it would be a metaphor. I, Dude, I need to take another English class. It's been too long. High school was too long ago. I'm forgetting all everything. But <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a metaphor for life. I guess maybe it's a metaphor. I don't know. English majors help me out. But it's the same concept. Like, who's going to tell me I don't belong when I show up to practice every single day, run till I piss myself? That you can you can apply that to any area of life. Like, who's going to tell you you don't deserve to apply for that job you want because you worked your ass off, you studied, you graduated, you got good grades or whatever it is, you did the internships, like you showed up, you did what you needed to do, you worked hard and you deserve it. You deserve it just as much as anyone else. So I think I just really like that. And um, thank you for sending that in. You're a bad bitch. Okay. So this next one I really liked. Hi, Heen Heen. (laughs) God, I love you guys. So let me set the stage a bit by saying I have raging anxiety, like social anxiety, general anxiety, you name an anxiety disorder, I've got it. Point being, I'm pretty much predisposed to imposter syndrome in every way, shape, and form. The most recent and prominent example being that when I was a senior in high school, I was cast as Cinderella in the musical Cinderella, lol. There were auditions and everything, so obviously I got the role after multiple auditions, callbacks, and the like, but I still got so anxious and convinced myself I didn't deserve it. Looking back, I literally would not have gotten the role if I couldn't sing it, act it, play it, etc., but I still psyched myself out so much. It got to the point where I literally broke down to my friends and family over feeling like I was going to ruin the show and embarrass myself in the process. Some freaking fantastic advice that my mom gave me that I still repeat to myself to this day is that you're exactly where you deserve to be and getting all the opportunities that your hard work has afforded you. Hell yes, mama. When you pour your heart and soul into something, of course, it's going to be terrifying when you finally see payoff or see yourself progress. But you have to remember that if you were not qualified to be doing what you were doing, you wouldn't be there. Sometimes it feels easier in the moment to self-sabotage than to face the fear of failure. You just have to remind yourself that you are worthy, you are talented, and you are qualified, and you are exactly where you need to be, heart. Hope my smart-ass mom can help some other BBs out there who are suffering from imposter syndrome too. You all are beautiful and talented. P.S. Love you in the podcast, girly. Oh my god, you guys are the fucking sweetest. Okay, sorry, I'm going to talk about this story in a second, but whenever quarantine is over who knows when the hell that'll be but i want to do a live podcast so bad and just meet you guys and hang out and oh my gosh uh, i want that so bad literally that would be the dream so um love you guys but i think that advice is amazing moms are so damn wise but um it's it's exactly true it's exactly true um you wouldn't be there if you didn't work hard to get there and like you deserve to be there And another thing I really like that she said was when you pour your heart and soul into something, of course, it's going to be terrifying. That is like one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. And one thing that has kind of helped guide me with making future decisions, like if you're not a little bit nervous or scared, not like terrified, you know, but like if you're not a little nervous or scared, you probably don't care about it that much. Like whenever I start something new or have a new idea, if it scares me a little bit, I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of a sign that it's something that I should do because if you're not, if you don't really care, like if you basically, it just means that you really want it to work. 
and you are scared of it not working out, which means that you really care about it. Does that make sense? Because if you aren't scared that it won't work out, oftentimes it means you don't really care. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> but when I work on a video that I really, really like and I put so much time and effort into it, I'm always so much more worried and nervous about how it's going to perform versus a video that I don't really care about. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like it's just out there. I don't really, I don't really care. But if it's one that I really, really liked and poured my soul into, I'm like refreshing, refreshing constantly seeing if the like views are doing good. That's a silly example, but it just means that I care. Obviously I was terrified to move to New York, but I really wanted to. So if sometimes you get those little scared butterflies, it's often a good sign in my experience. So thank you for sharing that story. I love it. Okay, here's a, another short and sweet one. Hey Heaney, I love that you will be doing a whole episode on this topic because it is something I really struggle with. I study law, and as you might know, it is quite important to be doing internships during summer in order to gain working experience. This year, I applied for an internship at a huge-ass law firm. I basically did it for fun because I didn't think that I would stand a chance anyway, as I don't have the top grades that these law firms usually want. When I ended up getting the internship, I couldn't believe it. I literally checked if somehow I might have sent them someone else's grades and not mine. I was so sure that they couldn't have picked me, as I am not a straight-A student. But somehow they did, and I'm very happy about it. Greetings from Vienna just love that because you never know. How will you know if you don't try? You know, what's that, that little cheesy thing? You miss 100%. <laughs> what was that accent? You miss 100% of the chances you don't take or the shots you don't take, whatever that fucking saying is. My God. Okay. <laughs> okay. There was another story similar to this. Let me find it. Okay, yeah, here's kind of a similar story. Hi, Heaney. Greetings from Cairo, Egypt. Ooh, ooh, I want to go to Egypt. Damn, that's so cool. I absolutely love your podcast, and I tell my friends to listen to it all the time. Thank you. Um, here's my imposter syndrome story. So I'm in the tech field, and throughout all four years of university, I manifested and prayed to work at one specific tech multinational. But here's the dilemma. Everyone told me that the only way to get in is through an internship first, and then after grad, you can get employed. So I applied for their internship eight times every single semester I'd apply and get rejected. Every fucking semester. Lo and behold, I virtually graduated in July and saw a job opening at this place. The job description screamed my name. I was absolutely in love. So guess what? I got it. Did I celebrate? Did I cry tears of joy? Nope. Nothing. I was so disappointed that imposter syndrome got to me even though I worked my ass off to get this job. I started early this month and I visited the office. On the way there, imposter syndrome really hit because the office is located in such a beautiful part of the city. I cried. Did I deserve this? There are people who got higher grades, better resumes, more experience. Why me? I wiped my tears and got in. My manager told me that my interview was one of the best ones he had ever done. My enthusiasm, passion, and intelligence stood out like no one he's ever met. Damn, yes, girl. I was ahead of the game and I impressed everyone after they almost decided to remove the position. They decided to hire me instantly. Yep, that did it for me. Getting closure and understanding. The why behind it reinforced what I already knew. While driving back, tears of joy hit this time. I knew it. I knew it. I'm a confident, smart, and fucking brilliant badass. I deserve this. Oh my God, do I deserve this? So that's my imposter syndrome story. I kind of blacked out when my manager started saying nice things about me, and that's all I remember. I also wanted to tell you that Rohi means soul in Arabic. Just a fun fact. Love you. Oh my gosh. Here I am tearing up again. Good Lord. I need to talk to my mom. What are these planets? Ah, 
dude so freaking cool you are a fucking confident smart brilliant badass it's really amazing you guys have such cool jobs like y'all are so talented my goodness but yeah exactly and that's the thing that's really cool about the story is she could have easily just not applied to the job because she could have listened to what everyone said we had to have the internship and she got denied from the internship but she just felt it and she knew she she wanted this job so she applied even though I guess a lot of people wouldn't have and she fucking got it so I think that can be a really good story for a lot of you listening like you go go for what you want go for what you want at least you'll at least you know that you tried you know if you don't even try you're never gonna do it you're never gonna make it if you don't try so I don't know why this accent keeps popping out usually it's like a British one but today it is not British um wow I love that story uh congrats on your job I want to come visit in Egypt really bad This one, the subject line was imposter syndrome, a.k.a. my life. Hey, Rohini, let me start by saying how much I love your podcast. I've never been a podcast kind of gal, but since discovering yours, I find myself looking forward to each episode every week. Thank you. I saw that this week's topic is imposter syndrome and it is everything I'm feeling right now. So I'm super excited to hear all your wisdom. I also hope my submission isn't too late. Earlier this year, I finished my master's degree and I'm finally working my dream job that I've been aspiring to and dreaming of since I was five. I worked super hard in uni, achieved first-class honors, and am totally qualified for the role. I also felt super confident when I interviewed. I had some stiff competition but never doubted myself and believed I could do it. Being offered the job was like a form of validation, that they saw in me what I saw in myself, a hardworking, capable woman who can do the job well. However, since starting the job, my confidence is shrinking more and more each day, and I feel frustrated and upset because I feel like I'm not doing a good enough job. I've talked to some people close to me, and they all think I'm crazy to feel this way, tell me I'm doing great and to go easy on myself. I wish I could ask for support at work, but I'm afraid to because I don't want people thinking I'm not managing everything. The weight of responsibility has come down heavy, so I'm really curious to hear your advice. I thought I'd share my tips from these past few weeks in case they're worth mentioning and might be helpful. They're pretty basic, but they've helped me. Okay, number one is I try to remind myself that they wouldn't have offered me the job if they didn't think I could do it. Exactly. It might sound dumb, but in the worst moments of self-doubt, I remind myself that the management believed in me. I also tried to remind myself of all the successes that got me here. It gives me a little bit of reassurance in my mind that I'm capable of doing it and to keep going even when the work is super tough. Number two, I started journaling in the summer after hearing your talk about it, and it's something I find super helpful. If I have a day where I feel super overwhelmed or stressed out, I try to set aside time to journal and reflect and release all the negativity on paper, and it usually helps. It also allows me time in the day to sit and be present and relax. Number three, I find myself always reflecting on the things I wish had been better. So I decided to try and highlight my successes. Oh my gosh, yes. No matter how big or small. Each day that I journal, I make a little note of all the things that went well that day to remind myself that I'm continuing to learn and grow. It puts things into perspective and helps me focus on the positives, which usually outweigh the negatives. Number four, I try to do as much prep and planning as I can. This is as simple as making sure that I meal prep the night before, so I always have breakfast and lunch the next day. I'll usually pick out my outfit the night before too, so when I wake up in the morning, I'm super organized. Have my granola and can put on my blazer and be a bad bitch. (laughs) These ideas may be dumb. They're not dumb, by the way, but it's helped me the past week to feel more organized each day and feel more positive about the way things are going. If you've taken the time to read this, hope you have a great day and thanks for reading. Looking forward to hearing this episode. 
Okay. First of all, they're, those are not dumb. Something that's like kind of a realization I had is that advice is always recycled. Every piece of advice is basically, you know, everything is the same advice. It's just worded differently. So those are not dumb at all. They're honestly amazing. And I hope everyone listening really like took those to heart because she's doing everything like chef's kiss. I don't even know if I could recommend anything else because like I said earlier, like you, we get in our own way. And also I don't think there's anything wrong with asking um, for advice from management. Obviously, I don't know like what the company culture is or whatever, but um, if you really are struggling, it's better to ask and get ahead of it rather than like being caught or not caught, but like them reprimanding you, I guess, or, you know, like catch it before it becomes a problem, basically, if there is something that you actually feel like you're struggling with. But it seems like you're doing everything right. And I think those were immaculate wonderful pieces of advice for everyone also i think it's cool that you journal um and write down the positives because you'll be able to go back in a couple months and see how far you've come like oh my god a couple months ago i like just learned this and now i'm doing this like wow that's so amazing because um like i say a lot of times it's so easy to just pass right over the goals and the things that we achieve because there's always a next thing that we want to achieve. So it's really great to um, take note of those just so you can remind yourself like, dang, I'm really progressing. Like life goes so fast. So anyway, uh, I think that's so great. And again, like you said, they wouldn't have offered you the job if they didn't think you could do it. And I think it's great to even be in a role that you feel like you're maybe being stretched a little bit in a way because it's just going to help you grow like what's there's another saying what is it it's like don't apply for the job you're qualified for like apply for the job you want or something I don't really know some Pinterest quote but basically it's just gonna help you grow and it's it's gonna be great so you're killing it girl and I loved all of that advice I wish you all the best in your job and I bet you're doing a great 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 job love it Okay, so this one I think might be really helpful to people kind of getting their footing in the professional world um, after college especially. So, hey Rahini, I would love to share my story to motivate others and spread some positivity. I'm 23 years old and a student of landscape architecture. Oh, so cool. Last summer, I was given the opportunity to do an internship at an architecture firm. I was super excited and proud. But the night before my first day, I was crying in my bed having thoughts of being not good enough and feeling super stupid for going there with nothing to offer. I've always been an introvert and still to this day, I'm struggling with anxiety and social situations. Anyway, the first day came and I went there with all those negative feelings and thoughts in my mind. Of course, they were nice to me the first day, but after some time, I noticed that I was only given the shitty jobs and being treated as a full-time worker, often leaving the office at midnight because I was so scared of not giving my best. I never dared to say something. All I wanted was them to accept me and appreciate me when I couldn't myself. Looking back on my past self, I should have said something or walked out of the office the day she told me that what I was doing was shit and I started crying in front of her. Oh my gosh. But my mind was telling me that I deserved to get that feedback. Little did I know that she was struggling herself in life. And so workers left the office on a monthly basis. Now I know that it was not my fault, but rather a situation where there was too much negative energy on both sides and it just didn't work. Fast forward to one and a half years later. After that summer, I was at such a low point in my life. I decided to take a risk and move to the city of my dreams, Copenhagen. I had nothing to lose and I was dreading to finish uni back at home and start working full time. So I went to Denmark to do my master's. It was the best decision of my life and it turned my mindset around completely. Even though I was afraid of working at a company again, I applied to prove myself for one last time. 
And here I am, working at a successful company, being treated with respect and appreciation, and I couldn't be happier. I have to say that it took a lot of time and self-care to get to this point, but it was worth it. I went there with a positive mindset, knowing that the worst thing that could happen to me would be to leave. If I didn't like it, just as I should have done the last time, I would speak up for myself and trust myself that I had a lot to offer them. If you really want something in life, you will get it and nobody can tell you otherwise. If it doesn't work out, you will find something else. I kind of see it as a relationship now. Either you find your perfect match or you don't, but never look for reasons in yourself in case it doesn't work out. Trust me, there is a place for everyone. Sorry for this very long story, but it was a happy ending and I hope you took something from it. Love your positive content on this podcast. Yes, such good lessons here. And I think that this story can be really, really helpful for a lot of you guys. There is a place for everyone. And just even learning from Sage and like he's been hiring a lot, like they have to court the employees too. Like the employees are trying to impress Sage, but Sage is also trying to impress the like future employees. So just know that you're adding value to the company. You're bringing value and you know, they should treat you like you are bringing value. And that's again, like she said that that boss was going through something in her own life, causing her to lash out at people, but that's just unacceptable. You don't deserve that in any, any area of life. When you're, you know, romantic relationships, friendships, work life, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. I mean, who knows what the situation is? Maybe like taking shit from a boss for a month in order to have your dream job a few months later. I don't know what the situation is. But in general, taking shit is just not worth it. Because in the like manifestation rhetoric, I guess you could say, it's like oftentimes that's a test from the universe, if you believe in this stuff, that's a test from the universe. And once you know your worth and know that you deserve better, when you quit that job or leave that job, like she did to move to Copenhagen, you're going to be really rewarded. The universe is going to be rewarding you, giving you everything you're dreaming of because you passed that hard test and made a hard decision, but it was because you knew your worth and you knew what you deserved. So it's hard. It's super hard. All of this is hard. Life's hard, guys. Nobody said it was easy. There's a lot of shit we have to go through. My goodness. But I think it's totally worth it. And I'm really proud of her for moving to Copenhagen. It's amazing. Take the plunge. Take the plunge. It often will reward you very much. So I think I should end it out here. I've already been talking for an hour, which is crazy. All of these stories I mean, they're so different and it just goes to show everyone, everyone struggles with this. Everyone. I bet Oprah struggles with this. Gwyneth Paltrow struggles with this probably. Robert Downey Jr. I'm just naming random people who come to the top of my head. Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he, he probably doesn't. He's probably just vibing. Um, Snoop Dogg. All of them. They probably struggle with imposter syndrome. That's really funny. Why were those the people that came to my head? Like Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert Downey Jr. and Wiz Khalifa? <laughs> Am I okay? Why are those the first people that I think of? Oh my God, that's so funny. But yeah, everyone struggles with this. And I kind of related like before, the night before I moved to New York, I was crying in my bed being like, oh my God, I don't think I can do it. Like, am I really going to make it in New York? Like, because they always say like the city makes or breaks you, whatever. If you can live in New York, you can live anywhere. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I grew up in a small town. Like, I'm really going to leave everything I know and move to New York. Like, this is a terrible decision. I can't do this. I can't do this. Everyone has those moments. It's just part of life. And you just have to face your fears 
believe that you're worth it, believe that you deserve it and work through that because eventually you're going to be like, yes, I do deserve this. I'm a bad bitch. I fucking deserve it. I worked hard. I'm here. And once you really know your worth, that's when things start opening up for you. So I hope this episode was helpful. Again, just something that we all struggle with. And I think it's really, really nice to hear other people's stories because we are not alone. We have a lot more in common than we think we do. And I guess if this podcast could do anything, um, I would want it to one, hype you up. I'm your hype woman. And number two, make you not feel like you're alone because I feel like everything can be really divisive right now online. Everything is kind of like divisive. Just the vibes are a little divisive online. At least that's how I feel. And not to mention we're all stuck at home. So it's, it's a tough time. But if this podcast can make you feel like you're not alone and what you're struggling with, other people probably are too, definitely are. Yeah. Then that's worth everything. So I hope you guys enjoyed and I love you so much. You guys are the fucking best. If you've told your friends or whoever about the podcast, I really appreciate you. I want this podcast to grow. I want it to blow up. I want this to be like my main thing because I love it so, so much. Um, So yeah, I appreciate you guys all tuning in. You guys are the fucking best. And if you want to leave a rating and review, I would really, really appreciate it. Actually, let me read a few reviews while we're here. Okay, here are some amazing reviews on the iTunes, um, or do you even call it iTunes anymore? Apple podcast page. If you leave one, I will love you forever. So this one is just everything. Um, so the subject is finding myself through a podcast throughout my life. I've been quite shy and timid, although I did have my moments of exuberance for sure. They were few and far between. I found Rohini on YouTube a few years ago and I've always loved her channel. So when I heard that she was starting a podcast, I knew I would love it. Turns out I love it more than I ever thought possible. When she first brought up astrology and manifestation, I was a little iffy on the whole topic, and now I find it fascinating. I also just finished the episode reflecting on our past selves, and for the record, Heaney, you were the reason I bought my first vibrator as well. Yes! Fuck yeah, I love that so much. This podcast is truly a blessing for me, and I look forward to each and every episode, sometimes even re-listening to an old episode while waiting for the new ones. (laughs) I'm fucking crying. Oh my god. Uh, Thank you so much for that sweet review. Literally made my whole day, and uh, truly, truly iconic that I am convincing people to buy their first vibrators. I would like to put that on my tombstone, please. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that amazing review. Another one is too good. This podcast feels like I'm having a conversation with the older sister I never had. I don't think I've ever laughed out loud as much as I have while listening to Rohini's pod. She has a way of making everyone feel like longtime friends, and I absolutely couldn't recommend this podcast more. Yay. That is the best thing ever. Making everyone feel like longtime friends. That is my goal. It's amazing. Thank you so much. This one says, girl, get on this good shit. (laughs) That's the subject. This podcast is the only reason I downloaded the app. Damn. Thank you. That's wow. Thank you. Rohini is honestly so wholesome and such a vibe. If you're in the mood to hang out with the bestie and listen the night away, I definitely think you should give it a listen next one down to earth is the subject line Rohini is so down to earth her podcast makes me feel confident and empowered definitely give it a listen yay thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you if you wrote written oh my god if you've written a review I appreciate you so much they really help boost me up um boost the podcast up and I just can't thank you enough so yeah love you guys love you guys so much thank you for tuning in and sending in your stories i really appreciate that you guys are willing to be open and send in the stories i think it's 
the most amazing part of the podcast. Like, I just think we all are way more connected than we think. So thank you again if you sent them in. And if I didn't read your story, I'm sorry, but don't worry. There will always be more. Just keep sending them in. I love to hear them. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Sending you all my love and good vibes. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Acting My Age with me, Rohini Elise. See you next week.